James? You're in charge. <laughs> I had a little bit of crazy morning. Oh, there she is. Oh my gosh, look what you did. Look what you made. Are you excited? Are you a good big sister? I bet you're the best. You're the big brother. Oh, well, congratulations. We've been praying for you. Oh, really? You, you wanted it to be? God, honor God and God honors you. I just always think that partnership makes that result. And you're beaming. You look great. You know, for a girl. Who can give birth. <laughs> Father! How you doing this morning, brother? Good, good, good. Okay, I'll let him know. Okay, we'll have to get some. Hey, you're getting tall. What happened? No, no, no. We have to stop doing that. <laughs> that what? Is that exciting? I bet it is. You look cute. Hey, pretty. How are you? Good to see you. Warm. Warm, warm, warm. So you're set for today? Uh, Pastor Anna will bring you up after announcements.
you mean like that? Yeah. That. It's working? Yeah? Yeah. You know, I just don't understand the technical stuff, like turning on your mic. Yes. <laughs> so we can actually hear you more. Okay. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> technical difficulties? Okay. So I just have a few announcements for you. So we have our movie nights. Did it go? No, it doesn't want to go. There we go. Our movie night's coming up Friday. Our first one on Friday is Blue's Clues. So I know that's a little kiddish, but trust me, it will be good. It's a lot of singing. It's fun. We've watched it probably like 100 times in our house, and everyone loves it. Um, we are still on our break for Wednesday nights, and for our summits, they will be coming back on September 6th. And then next Sunday is also Sandwich Sunday in... It is finger foods. So bring good little finger foods. And then Eva said there is, what, next month? Seniors will have barbecue and brats. Barbecue and brats. Barbecue and brats at the Dilt's house next month for your little potluck that you do. And then, oh, we're supposed, this is invite your friends. Oh, pastor wanted it. Oh, it's about inviting your friends. When you're invited by a friend, you're, you're it's better. Me, right? I'm killing it Look because it. I don't know it. I, I, I can't tell you how many times somebody has said to me, Pastor, what are you going to do to grow the church? Let me just point out some statistics to you. If I, it was up to me, only 6% of the people would come. 6%. If it's up to the Facebook post or some newspaper, oh, you've got to put it in the phone book, Pastor. Really? Advertising, 2%. So guess who it's up to? A friend invited me to church. Come on, church. Look at we've got. I don't mean to steal it, but I'm passionate about this. Look at it's. It, when was the last time you invited someone? Really? Let's go to that point right now. You've got to think. When was the last time? And especially, and I don't mean a family member, although those are important. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about a stranger, someone that you've been using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, God. Who would you have me speak to today? How can I bless them? How can I encourage them? And one of those ways might be to invite them to church. So that's why the movie nights also are so important. I can walk around like I do every year and greet people, ask them if they need some popcorn or if they need anything. We want to serve the people at the movie nights. That's your job. It's not about, oh, but I don't like the movie, Pastor. Oh, really? I, sorry, you couldn't bless someone because you weren't in a blues clues. I don't think, you know, I mean, God's going to go, you know, I gave you these opportunities. Someday we face the judgment seat of Christ, and he will say, what did you do with the tools I gave you to bring more to the kingdom of God? The movie night is a great time. We're not about preaching at them. We're not about, you know, prophesizing or getting into their face. What we're doing is we're praying, God, I'm going to walk around the movie nights and serve people. And as I do, God, is there a word of encouragement, a word of knowledge? Is there something I can encourage them with as I do that? That's going to take all of us. And it might be you. Maybe you're thinking, I'm not going to go to this Friday. Well, maybe God wants you to be there because he's got someone already he's preparing for you. And the other thing is, Pastor Jimmy uh, and Anna, you guys got a thing this Friday. So they're going to come early and try to set up as much as they can. But they're not going to get back until about 8.15 when the movie starts. So we need help setting up. 
We hooked up the brand new sound system. It works great. We can't, in fact, if Pastor Jimmy's not careful this morning downstairs, you will hear the new sound system. <laughs> so, so look at, I, I, I know we're not putting all of our marbles into, into one bag. What we're talking about here is having opportunities to bless our community. And that's why we're here. Otherwise, God would just take us to heaven and say, okay, I'm done with you. But he still wants to use you. Amen? Yeah. Amen. I'm sorry. I'm passionate about it. I guess I it's should okay. have done announcements today. I guess so. That's okay. okay. I don't mind sharing. And then, uh, so we're going to now hear from Andrew about some missions. And would you like to come up now, Andrew? Andrew! Woo-hoo. Good morning, church. So, yeah, it's, it's real important to invite people so that, you know, we can be a part of in Pine Grove. And, you know, I get to, it's a wonderful opportunity. So today, so today we are actually uh, introducing Band and Baloo. My name is Andrew Cam, the missionary updating for our church body. And uh, I'm really excited about this particular one. Uh, the, kind of the bad news is I don't have a lot of history on Ben and Baloo, but I w- got to be a part of this ministry back in 2009, 10, and 11 when Pastor Blaine was here. And we went out three years ago to Buenos Aires at the Rio Del Plata Bible College. And what a blessing it was to, to see people that are getting ready to open up churches, people that were studying, people that were could have been drug addicts, you know, there, there was so much stuff to be done. So just to give you the update, what I did when I went out there was we, they tore down the church at, this facility was like a, a army base thing back in the day. And so it started as just an admin building. And um, so we had the wonderful opportunity to help. They tore down the church, building a four-story dormitory. So uh, each year that we went out there, the first year we actually did a lot of foundation cement work. And um, it was such a great opportunity to sit there with the, with the students and watch them with face time with their families, going out, um, playing ping pong, trying to inspire them. Um, but they, they were, it was such a neat way to, to bring, uh, expand the kingdom for them to go and start out and to... Uh, because when they get done with the Bible college, I think maybe a year and a half, something like that. Some of them go work every Saturday. Some people get blessings to help them. But uh, for the three years that we went out there, some of the teams we had uh, were mostly electricians. But we also partnered with uh, Pastor Kent in Columbia Heights, Washington, uh, in Tacoma area. And it was such a blessing. And every single time that we got done with, with our event, we would go over to the Graham's house and they would bring us give us caramel and these treats and kind of send us on our way. But um, we did some other cement wall work. Um, they were actually having their, their uh, worship inside the uh, area where they were eating. So, you know, when I left three years later, there was an entrance to go. 
into the to the, the do the worship down below. But uh, you know, I walked through some of the uh, facilities that they were living in. So um, the bunks were, you know, kind of, you know, there was little mats and there was things, and it was kind of dingy. So the the real blessing is when you know the the facility got finished, that they actually got to have their little home. Now, when I left, there was no windows, there was no furniture. So maybe one day it would be nice to go back, but um, we also got to go out and into the town and, and, and certain things, and I spent some time learning some Spanish with some cheese and crackers to share with them so I could expand my vocabulary level in that area. But um, Ben and the Blue, I believe they started about two years ago, but Rocky and Sherry were just such a blessing, and you know they administer all kinds of funds getting for, for helping the students, now, she grew up in, in Minnesota, so uh, Rocky actually grew up there in, in Argentina. So she really had this funk about trying to get into to, you know, what her purpose was there. So, one, so she, the story that she told us was that she made bread and cookies and she took them to the neighbors in the facility and it just opened up a whole other avenue. So um, I'm excited about the, their new encouragement. I believe they're on a missionary trip in the United States right now to improve their their skills and, and meet new people in, in, in their field and so for that I am truly grateful I think that's it good job good job Andrew thank you thank you Andrew I know it's hard to get used to the microphone but it's it's uh, I well look at it, I didn't even have mine on so at least you had yours on you're doing better than me Hey, I, I just wanted to make a comment. I was telling Pastor Anna, isn't it amazing when you look at this picture that these are missionaries out on the road, constantly moving around. I can imagine the stress. I can imagine the difficulties. But do they look like they're stressed and going through difficulties? Don't, isn't that amazing how God takes care of us when we do walk in his will? And that's all I kept on thinking of this beautiful family. So if you'd like to give to missions, it's a great way to do it, is just put it on uh, out of your offering. Go ahead and put it, uh, market missions and whatever you'd like to give during your offering. It'll go straight into our missions fund. We give to, uh, we have local missions, uh, like our community missions here, in the, that's like our movie nights and stuff. And then we have our national missionaries, which are like Chi Alpha, going to colleges in the United States and such, and Rural Compassion and things like that. And then our world missions, which are all over the world. And so anytime you put it into missions we you can designate it one of those things or even a particular missionary but know that when you market missions it's going to the mission amen yeah. well good let's hey let me let, let me pray we're going into meet and greet it's a big deal okay and i'm not praying that you watch the timer i'm already praying that um what I want to pray is that you would encourage someone today, that God gives you a, a supernatural moment where you can just help somebody and bless them. Father, we just ask you to bless this time of fellowship and meet and greet. We ask you to enable us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit as we meet and greet one another in Jesus' name. Amen. So go ahead and bless someone today.
take a minute to say welcome to all of you online this morning. God bless you and thank you for joining us. We're going to have a great time today. And why? Because we're in the house of God. And wherever you're at can be in the house of God as well. But I want to encourage you to just stay for the whole service. We have been in a series of the spiritual gifts. And today we're covering the last three in those spiritual gifts. Now we have more to go, not in more gifts, but we have more to go in how to develop and maintain and continue to use those gifts and grow in them. But today, today we're talking about faith and miracles and healing. And if you need an increase in faith, you need a miracle, you need a healing today, I encourage you to stay for the rest of the service today. God bless you and thank you for being here.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Who do we have? Who do we have our offering? Hey, Deb. Hey, Debbie. Can you see who's on offering today? Or did I put it? <laughs> Me? Man, I, I'm messing up today. I'm messing up big time. That's okay, right? That's okay. If you can't make a mistake in church, where can you make a mistake, right? Thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving. You know, last week I forgot something, but some of you already participated anyway. Um, I, I know many of you know, you know, Andrew, God bless him. You know, he, uh, he just doesn't care about missions. He cares about people uh, to, a, to a fault, honestly. I mean, the guy, if you're sick or you're going through something, he will be at your house. I mean, that guy drives around and wants to help people. If you're in the hospital, he'll drive down there. Andrew is a great extension of God's love in that sense. But Andrew's uh, main source of income or only source of income is his fire extinguisher business. And what he has to do is drive all over this county and other counties to do that. And uh, he has been struggling with an outer car, borrowing cars, finding clunkers, them breaking down, going through all that stuff. Well, he's been saving and he's been working with us. And we've been... Uh, uh, and some of you have already blessed him. But uh, we're going to, as we receive our offering this morning, if you want to give a little into Andrew's car fund, just put Andrew on there and we make sure it gets to him through benevolence. Um, so we want to make sure that he's able to do what God calls him to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. So Father, we ask you to bless this offering today. God, we, uh, we all are going through struggles with finances. And you know the church goes through it every summer because people are not in church or they're spending their money on vacations. Nothing wrong with that, God. But you're our source, Father, and we know that you use God's people to fulfill your mission. So, Father, I ask you to speak to our hearts, have us be generous givers. God, I ask you to speak to our leadership and, and our board and, and help us be good stewards of that money, God. It's your precious money given by people out of sacrifice and worship. And we look at it as a privilege. And so, Father, we ask you to bless this offering. Help us to expand your kingdom, God, to see more and more people come to know you. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead, ushers, as they receive God's offering. I'm excited about what God's going to do. I'm trying to remain not so manic as last week. We got three things we're going to focus on today. We're going to focus on faith, we're going to focus on healings, and we're going to focus on miracles. It's the business of God, and we got to learn how to do that. And sometimes we just need to get in some kind of mode to receive what God has for us. Sometimes we just get so distracted by all the things going on in the world. You ever have those moments when you're trying to fall asleep and your mind just starts racing too much? church can be that way too but this morning I, I just I just encourage you to focus on one thing just focus on God it says when you seek ye first the kingdom of God all the other stuff is added unto you so this morning God we stand in your presence as it says in the book of Deuteronomy to stand in the presence of royalty we stand 
saying, God, fill this place with your Holy Spirit. Help us to focus in on you and get rid of all those distractions, all those distractions that keep us from you. Why don't we stand in worship today? That would ever come close No thing can compare You're our living hope Your presence And I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence
Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place, fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what I heart condemnation for those in Christ. He is pleased with you. You are never alone. It's not like He just ditches you because you're having a bad day. You're never alone. I want to pray for that person today. I don't know if it's online or here this morning. You're never alone. Father, we just ask you for that. Those people or one person, I don't care. Maybe someone who watches in the future for all I know. But they're worried about the choices that they've made. And God would have you to know you are so much more than the choices you make. And that he loves you just the way you are. But he also loves you too much to leave you that way. And that's why it may seem hard. But he always has your best interests in mind. And it's not because he wants to punish you or correct you. It's because he loves you. He loves you. And if you're that person this morning, I don't care where you are, you may have to say, okay, God, I believe you love me. I believe you love me. I believe you love me, God. I believe you love me, Lord.
we sing this song, remember he's a good father and you are his precious child. Let's sing that verse again. I heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender
So we come to you, God, with everything. Not because we're just needy, but we know the right source to turn to. So we turn to you, God. You hold my every moment And you calm my raging sea And you walk with me through fire And heal all my disease And I trust Yes, I trust in you. 
all I need, Lord. You're all I need, Lord. You're all I standing up there I know that some of you are going through so much right now and I want you to know that God is a healer he can heal your hearts he can heal your minds and your souls and your spirits and you just need to reach for him right now and let him in let him know that he is your God and let him know that you love him very much Lord, just watch over each and every person this morning, God. Watch over the pastor and give him the special words for each person to hear. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. I believe. I hope you believe. Do you believe? You with me? I believe. I believe. Isn't that funny? Sometimes we believe. Then we everything falls apart. Then we go, I don't know if I believe. But then everything really falls apart, and then you go, God, I need you. <laughs> we are a funny, funny people. And that's why I love the spiritual gifts, because we are a funny people. I talk to people all the time. They go through this rocky roller coaster all the time, and I do too. I'm no different. We go through those times. The beauty of the spiritual gifts, though, is the best gift. Remember what the best gift that Paul talks about is the one needed for that moment. And there are so many people here that have blessed me just at the right moment with the right gift. And it always, always encourages me and uplifts me. Brenda, you will sometimes post something on my Facebook that knocks me out. You posted something else, but you brought a confirmation. I didn't want to post it. It felt a little boasting. I do that, by the way. I'll just tell you, I do that. What, what you posted, I do that. And uh, I don't do it as much as I should. I'll, I'll, so the everyday thing got me. <laughs> so you always challenge me. But that's a gift. It really is. So this morning we are continuing in our spiritual gifts. We've got three left, but then we're going to talk. We're not going to leave you hanging with, okay, now I know what the gifts are for, how they operate, and how to blah, blah. No, we're going to learn how to develop them over the next few weeks. And I'm super excited about that. I hope you've had an opportunity to operate in your spiritual gifts or ask God for a spiritual gifting at a certain time. I hope that you are looking for those opportunities. I found myself, for instance, this morning, Got a phone call at about 7.30 this morning for somebody in distress. And um, I, I didn't know it because, you know, when they come up unknown, 
IDs are blocked or something, I, I don't answer it. I let it go to voicemail. But thank goodness this person left a, a voicemail with the number. But I thought, well, I was just you know, about ready to call because I got to get in the shower. I got to get ready and get down here. And I went, oh, wait, whoa, whoa. I need to pray. Ask God to reveal something. How do I pray? How do I talk? And it just went so well. And I don't know. I, I believe it, it helped on the other end. But I know for me, I felt like I knew what to do more in, in having this conversation. And we'll be continuing it on Monday. But I just felt like, pray, God, how can I encourage this person? How can I bless them? Can you gift me with some kind of insight? Show me how to pray. Show me how to, and do it for every situation you're in when it comes to comforting someone. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But let me read our text that we've been going through these past few weeks. Am I forgetting something? I feel like I'm forgetting something. Anna, am I forgetting anything? Fred, am I forgetting something? Thank you, Fred. He's right. We didn't tell people the time to get here to help us on Friday. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. Wow, Fred, you show up once a year and you fix, fix everything. <laughs> so um, I was thinking like 5.30, right? Yeah, 5.30. If you guys come down 5.30, get here as soon as you can. We really need help. Otherwise, there'll be a lot of sore old people not being able to walk around very much the next day. We really, really need the more hands the better. We've got a lot of stuff to set up. Jimmy and Pastor Jimmy and Pastor Anna will do their best to, before they have to take off and then come back at 8.15 to help with all the things that have to be done. But we are expanding this year and we really, really need your help. But more importantly than that, hopefully today you will take some of this stuff we've learned the past few weeks and apply it on Friday. So if you have your Bibles with you, I don't, I've put the text up enough. We're going to just go through once again 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the first 11 verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. All right. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. Let me read just a couple of more verses. One in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's later in the verse, at verse 31. Verse 31 says, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. 
What he was saying there, I just want to encourage you. He's saying that God will gift you at certain times when you need it for that moment. But when he says, I show you a more excellent way, it wasn't because he was saying, I want you to shut down all this crazy stuff you're doing in church, Corinthians. He wasn't trying to do that. He was, let me, let me take a look at you. God has gifted this Corinthian church and you are operating in your spiritual gifts. And we all have the same access to that same Holy Spirit. He says it enough times, the same Spirit. But when he says a more excellent way, he's trying to get them a little more organized so that everybody would be blessed, including the lost. So then in, um, then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, he says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And also we read in verse 12 of chapter 14, it says, even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So I want to make, I want God's church to excel. So I am going to be zealous for the spiritual gifts. It's pretty simple put into terms that way. And we've been spending all this time on getting to know these and learning about the spiritual gifts. Why? Because it's said in verse 1 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, I don't want you to be ignorant of these things. Paul was adamant to say, look at you, God has blessed you, but you've got to know what you're doing here, folks. We need to know. We need to learn. We need to be equipped. We need to have it stirred up in us so we can flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just tell you first off, don't, don't get discouraged. Over these past few weeks, I hope none of you have gone, well, I tried it once, didn't work, I'm done. I mean, we were all young once. And if you remember learning how to ride a bike, see, Anna, they had these things called bicycles. They didn't have an e-bike, they didn't have motors on them, they were called bicycles. And we remember many of us trying to learn how to ride a bike. And we didn't just get on the bike and fall off of it and then just go, well, mom and dad, this bike is defaulty. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> no, we kept on getting up and falling down. And getting, many of us still have scars and bruises, for, not bruises, but scars on our bodies to show where we were learning how to ride a bike. And so we have to remember that it's not something you just try once and then go, well, that's it. I'm done. It's a learning process. So relax. I know I have been so manic these past couple of weeks. I shortened my message so that I could relax a little bit. But I'm so excited because I want to see our church operate in these gifts. I want to. And why do I want that? Because I love it when I see God's people helping other people. It's just the best. So it's not just for a few. It's for all believers, and it's something God wants us to do. So forget about all those times you hear all about the things you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. When it comes to operating in your Christian walk, this is what you're supposed to do. And the beauty of this thing is it all comes out of love. And it comes out of faith. And it comes out of action. It really covers all the things that we're supposed to be doing in our Christian walk. So remember that all these gifts belong to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. They don't belong to me. They don't belong to you. They don't belong to somebody else. But instead, it belongs to the Holy Spirit. And he's sovereign and can give those gifts out at any time, anywhere, to anyone. So I encourage you, don't leave the Holy Spirit here on Sunday. Take these gifts with you wherever you go, wherever you walk. 
The other part I want to highlight is these are manifestations of God's Holy Spirit. Visible expressions of the Holy Spirit. So many in the world say, well, show me God. Where is God? And you and I believers have an opportunity with these gifts to put God on display to our neighbors. Remember it said in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Church should not be boring. Being a Christian should not be boring. We should be zealous and passionate. So I want to encourage you to live every day looking for these opportunities to put God on display. So real quick, Three things that I've mentioned before. First, I want you and I, we have to desire the spiritual gifts. He wants us to desire it earnestly. Secondly, we have to do this in love. We have to have the motivation being that we love. And third, we have to step out. We have to take risk in faith. We have to be risky in our faith when it comes to these kind of things. These are the gifts of the Spirit of God that want to be put on display. That's the mindset. Now, why do we take risk here at Mount Zion Church? Because we love people. Maybe you've never gone to one of our movie nights because you think they're stupid and you just don't like any of the movies. Well, did you ever think that they're not for you? Maybe they're an instrument for God to use you and you're going to have to take a risk. Well, pastor, I don't know what I would do. I would show up to movie night and you just want me to lift a bunch of things and do a bunch of work. No, the most important thing you can do is walk around, begin to pray. God, is there someone here that needs an encouraging word, that needs a healing, that needs a miracle, that just needs someone to touch him on the shoulder and say, we're glad you're here. Sometimes that's all it takes. But you've got to get on the bike. And even when you fall off, you've got to get back again. So just reviewing here to give us a foundation. Remember, this is for studying purposes. This isn't some theological, you know, exegesis that comes across in the Bible. We are categorizing these nine gifts into three categories. Revelation gifts, those are gifts that reveal something. We have local gifts that say something. And today we have power gifts that do something. And today that's what we're going to talk about, these three power gifts. Hmm. If I was in children's church, I'd be going, the power gifts. That's right. We got the power. Okay. The gift of faith, gift of healings, and gift of miracles. Gifts of healings. The New King James Version translation, gifts of healings. That's a double plural. Grammatically, it is not correct. But it is in the sense of how the Bible is explaining it. It means two things. It means many things. It means healings, meaning all kinds of healings. Healings for the body, healings for the mind, healings for relationships, healings for for struggles, healings, and maybe a financial healing. You need a healing. Something needs to be made whole that was not. It's a supernatural work of God that brings healing to a person's body, soul, mind, spirit. Imagine someone wants to release that power through you to heal somebody, to heal their body, to heal their mind. And then also, so it says healings. Then also notice it says gifts. Gifts, plural. We don't earn it. You don't have to pass some test to get these gifts. 
It's, called a, it's a gift of God's grace releasing it to you. Why? For someone else. It's so powerful. This is such a powerful point that, in fact, the Bible even talks about how the church was added to because of what? They saw signs and wonders. That's why it's so powerful, these gifts, because it creates an encounter, a personal encounter with God. If you imagine you're praying with somebody and they witness what God is doing, that is a personal moment with them and God. It's this expression that the Holy Spirit gives as they encounter them. God manifesting before them. Hallelujah. And then, of course, here's the bummer. It's up to them. It's not up to us. It's up to them. It's up to them to say, yes, this is God. Or it's up to them to say, no, I don't believe this is God. The decision's up to them. But at least they've had the encounter We don't have to go through all of the examples because we all know of so many examples of miracles from Genesis all the way through Revelation. We have examples of God healing people over and over again. So as far as God is concerned, whether it's a healing of something small, like I got an upset stomach, you could pray for that. God, get rid of that upset stomach. Or maybe it's something horrible like cancer. God can heal that too. Why? Because God designed the whole body. So for God, it's just a small thing, even if it's a big thing to us. That's why one of the biggest problems we have is the barrier in our minds. What did Jesus say? If you have a faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So therefore, we have to learn that when we step out in faith, God is bigger than any issue that someone's going through. These gifts are supernatural. It's not natural to our human thoughts and minds and equations. The Holy Spirit can do this in so many ways, and I believe that's why he says gifts of healings. Just a few pointers as you walk in this, so you become aware of how God can initiate this gift. The first one, a common way is you, you, they, you get, I, I, I don't know, I feel like I need to pray for something. I feel like this, I feel like that. It's, it's a knowing, it's a desire in your heart, knowing that God wants to do something there. You get a sense that God is desiring to do that. And it just kind of comes to you, and as you begin to walk in this and take risk, you'll begin to recognize it. When, it, when it enters in and when it comes, and you, then, you, then once you start recognizing that, you'll develop this desire to step out in faith. For example, in John chapter 5, it's one of my favorite stories of the dude by the pool of Bethesda. One of the reasons why it's, I, I love it is because the first thing Jesus does is, is opposite of what a lot of us, we do as people. We see someone... And we might see them on the side of the street or homeless or messed up or mentally deranged. You know those people that are like talking to themselves? They're having arguments. I used to always wonder, what if they're telepathic? Like there's some guy in L.A. going, oh, well, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And there's some guy in New York going, oh, yeah? Well, I bet people are staring at you right now. I just wonder. Because we tend to judge Look at that guy. He doesn't want to work. Look at that person. They're a mess. 
And Jesus sees this dude who's been there for 40 years at the pool of Bethesda. And you know what it says? The first thing, he had compassion on him. That's the first thought in Jesus' mind. And a lot of people were sick around the pool. And that's what's funny to me about this. Jesus walks in there, and there's, this is what the pool is for. That once a year, or once whatever the cycle was, an angel of the Lord, some called it an element, there's other translations, but something happened in the pool, and the first person to get in the pool got healed. But this guy was, was a mess, and he, couldn't, he was lame, and he couldn't move. So he couldn't get to the pool and he had nobody there and no relatives or who would hang out with him and wait until the pool stirred up so they could toss him in the pool and get healed. So there's a ton of people around here in that same position. But Jesus goes to this dude. And I always wonder, why, why did he pick that dude out? What was, what was so great about him? He wants to be made whole. Now this other thing about this guy he wouldn't have known anything. See, this guy, nobody talked to him. He didn't have anybody there to help him in the pool. So that means he probably had no relatives around him, nobody friends to walk around, nobody to talk to him, which means he probably never even knew what was going on with Jesus' ministry the past two and a half years. He probably knew nothing of what's going on. The man says, I don't have anybody who could throw me into the water. So Jesus instead has compassion on him and ministered to him. And he says, rise take your bed, the power of God comes and heals him. Why did Jesus go to that guy? How come he won the lottery? John 5 verse 19 says this, the son can do nothing of himself except what he sees the father do. Jesus is helping us here. He's giving us an insight into this. Why did he go to that one man? He saw the Father, in some way, the Father communicated some way to him to minister to that person. So he went. And it's the same for you and me. God moves into our hearts with a prompting. And God says, look, I want to release healing through that person. It could be a friend, a stranger. Maybe your heart just starts bleeding for that person. You don't know why. Why is God moving me to that person? Or maybe how about this? You ever feel like, yeah, I need to call that person. I haven't talked to that person in a long time. I need to call him. That's a prompting. You might call him and, hey, is everything okay? Is anything wrong? And I guarantee you, most of the time, there's, after working through the conversation, most of the time, you'll find something to pray for with him. You just have to reach out. God puts a person on your heart, you move towards that person. It's that simple. It doesn't matter what they look like. doesn't matter what they smell like. doesn't matter what kind of attitude, or how many piercings, or how many tattoos they have. If God lays it on your heart to approach that person, you need to do it. He's trying to indicate to you the Father sees that person. And he wants you to see that person. But you and I have to do these three things. We have to desire to do that. We have to walk in love, and then we have to step out in faith. And really, what's, when it comes to these kind of things, what's the harm, folks? Are you worried about being embarrassed? Come on, a dead man does not get embarrassed. We are dead to ourselves and alive in Christ. 
What are you worried about? I'm embarrassed, but if I say something weird, you're dead. Go say something to them. And then there are times when it might not even take great faith. But God is moving supernaturally, and you just want to move towards that person. You've got to take a risk. I was a worship leader for a long time. And I had one of those pastors that said, look, you're here to sing, not to preach. So don't preach in your message. I mean, in your worship. Well, he wasn't there one Sunday. <laughs> and that's, that, that, those are when you just felt a spirit of release as a worship leader. And we were in the middle of worship and just stopped. You know, just like we did earlier today a little bit. We just stopped. And uh, I told this story before, but I think it's very important for us to in this context to hear it again. I just felt God wanted me to stop. That was the first thing. So I stopped. And the next thing is, I knew God wanted us to pray for someone, but I didn't know who. So I just asked, is there someone who needs prayer today? And, and uh, I, I don't know why God drew my eye over to this side. And, and Derek de Guzman was there, who was a former army ranger and still looked like an army ranger. He embarrassed all of us guys because he looked so darn good, and he still does. And Derek stood up and uh, made a comment that the next day he was having an MRI because he was having back surgery later in the week, and they wanted a fresh MRI before they did that. Now, it didn't take a lot of faith for me to go, okay, let's gather around Derek and pray for him. That didn't take my gifting, didn't take the Holy Spirit to gift me. All it took was me to see who God was seeing. And it wasn't even that hard because Derek stood up and he was really tall and big. <laughs> so we gathered around him and we began to pray. First I let everybody else pray and then I just kind of closed it out. Not a lot of faith to do that, Pastor. No, it didn't. But I don't know who God gifted, but nothing happened. So he went, okay. He went home. The next morning, Derek woke up. And he had no pain. None. It freaked him out a lot, so much that he still went, got the MRI, went to his doctor. They canceled the surgery. His back was completely healed. And his, back, and his, and his doctor was a little concerned, or Derek especially was concerned, well, what do I do? Now, I'll never forget what he did. I said, what did the doctor tell you to do? And Derek said, well, the doctor told me to go play golf and to go swimming and to run and to see if I had any pain. And he didn't. And the beauty of it was the following Sunday, he was able to testify to the church. The beauty of it was it because it wasn't one person. That was the cool part. It wasn't like, well, well Steve prayed for me and I got healed. It was the church prayed for me. So we don't know who God used for that. Maybe God just did it sovereignly. We don't know. But it was just God moving in his spirit, healing someone during a time of worship. Sometimes it's, it's instantaneous, and sometimes it's like Derek, or sometimes you don't know till years later. But don't worry. You leave that up to God. Don't worry what people are going to say. It's not about you. It's about the other person and God. So you take the risk. So now let's talk about the workings of miracles. So that's on the gifts of healings. Let's talk a little about the workings of miracles. That's a pretty cool thing. Miracles are cool. And I don't mean just miracles that your football team won that week. 
I'm talking about real miracles. And what is a real miracle, Eric? Well, it's God's supernatural intervention into natural elements. Elements of nature into life situations, into events that are taking place into human ability. It's something that only God can really do. It's a supernatural intervening. In these kinds of things, he suspends the natural laws. He suspends things that would normally take place, and God overrides them. That's the working of miracles, and the Bible is full of this. Even from the first miracle, Jesus takes a natural element of water and turns it into wine supernaturally. He takes bread and he multiplies it into feeding and fish and multiplies it into feeding over 5,000 people. I don't know about you, but if I left a loaf of bread and a fish on my counter, I don't think I'd wake up in the next morning with my kitchen full of bread and fish. It doesn't work that way naturally. It takes God. It's God overriding the natural. And that's, the, that's God intervening into these life situations. For instance, Jesus, just like you and me, had to pay taxes. We could use some miracles in that. Amen? So the tax collector says, okay, does Jesus pay taxes? So Jesus told Peter, got to do this, Peter. You got to pay your taxes. Peter said, okay, how am I going to do that? And he told him to do something very normal that I'm sure many of us do when we need to go pay our taxes. Go down to the sea and go catch a fish. So the first fish he has, catches has a coin in it, and it was enough to pay the taxes. That's a miracle. Because that does not happen naturally. It's a real-life situation that created by Jesus a miracle for the taxes to be played. Hey, it could be a business situation. Peter and James and John were out fishing. They don't catch nothing all night. And so Jesus comes by, and he's, after he's preaching, he says, Peter, hey, go throw it out in the deep. So he throws it deep and he catches a huge bunch of fish. God's miracle power being released into all of life's situations to turn them around. That's the workings of miracles. Or how about God overriding human abilities? Elijah running faster than chariots and horses. Now it only happened once, but that's a big deal. Or how about the stories we've heard over the years of, of uh, parents when a kid is trapped under some heavy rock or a car and they're able to lift it up to save them. The Holy Spirit comes. It's a miracle. How about Samson? Supernatural strength. Not just ordinary strength. Samson didn't just go to the gym and take a bunch of steroids and get healthy and you get know, all you know, bulked out. It was a miracle. The Holy Spirit gave him his strength. So the workings of miracles can also override God's, uh, God's power can override our human ability. You and I have met people ourselves in situations that people need a miracle. There are some people that are just hostile towards you. They're mean. They complain about everything all the time. But this gift of working miracles can release God's power even into that situation and turn it around. I think of, I think of uh, probably one of the most important miracles in the last 70 years. One of the most important miracles. It had never happened in human history before. 
We had just completed World War II. And we had lost over 6 million Jews to concentration camps because of Adolf Hitler. The, 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 the nation of Israel didn't exist. They were all but wiped out. And that's what Hitler was trying to do, is wipe them all out. And he almost did. So for the first time in history, we had something called the United Nations. And never before have they taken a sovereign people without a land and created a nation, and they've never done it since. And in 1948, that's exactly what happened. And the book of Revelation talks about that this generation will not pass till Jesus comes back. Now, generations means a whole bunch of things, so don't get hung up on that. But the fact is, it's never happened before. It'll never probably happen again. And it's only happened this one time. And it just happened to happen to the people of Israel. Are you kidding me? It's a miracle. And probably one of the most important miracles ever. So how do we release these kind of miracles? How do we get in on this? How do we get used by God for these things? Well, the same way as the gifts of healing. You speak out in faith and you act. You speak out the situation in Jesus' name. I release the gift of workings of miracles. I release the power of God into this situation to turn it around. You take authority and command what you want to be done in the name of Jesus Christ. When that person sees something happening, then they have a personal encounter with God. God puts himself on display for that person. And then that person has to decide. Some people will choose to follow, and some people won't. How about this? Some people say, well, I need three proofs, and then I'll believe. Well, maybe you're just the first one. Don't worry about that. You just be faithful. The miracle could, could be for you. It could happen to someone else. <coughs> I won't get, excuse me, <coughs> I won't get into the full story because a lot of you have heard this over and over again over the last 11 years. But <coughs> I know for me, I wasn't looking for a miracle. I was looking for Jesus. I didn't know how to do that. How do you find a personal encounter with Jesus. How do you, is there an instruction book that I can read that, that, well, yeah, I guess the Bible, but I mean, other than that, is there some way, there's three-step program that I could maybe I'd go to and find out how to have a personal encounter with Jesus. But I didn't know what that was, so what I do, I went to churches. I kept going to church, after church, 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 church. And one night, I walked into a church on a Wednesday night, a little church called Calvary Chapel, Calvary Temple in Concord. Didn't know it was an Assemblies of God church, but it just happened to be. It's like the first church Debbie and I went to as a family just happened to be in Assemblies of God Church. We didn't know that. But this church, I went by myself one night, and I sat down waiting for the service to start. It's Wednesday night service. Okay, I wait. And I sit there like an idiot forever, and nothing's happening. There's some quiet music and some stuff on the PowerPoint, and I don't know what's going on. Well, it dawned on me after about 10 minutes of just sitting there looking like an idiot that uh, it was a prayer night. Now, I don't know about you, but when you first come to or seeking Christ, you really don't know, number one, how to pray, let alone what to pray for. So you begin to pray like this. Oh, Lord, please help my family. Uh, please um, p- provide for us and, and bless us in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. You might not even say Jesus' name. Just say amen. And then I looked around and... Uh, 
God uh, bless my wife and uh, uh, Debbie, and then uh, bless my daughters. And I'm slowing down because I, I'm running out of stuff to pray. It still was done within 10 minutes. Didn't know what to pray for. And I'm just looking for God, and I realize I can't get out of this place. I can't walk out right now. I, I was too embarrassed. What if, I can't walk out of a prayer. I thought the service was going to start. It never did. I ran out of prayers. What do I do? And I looked over, and once again, you never know why you need to be at church. But I watched that guy over on that side turn around in the pew, and he knelt down on his knees. I said, I've never done that. If I can kill some time, I'll get on my knees. Now, there's more, 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 more to this story, but just to make it quick, I went to my knees, and I put my head down on that pew, and as sure as I'm standing here today, it went into the lap of Jesus Christ. And he held my head, and he said, everything's going to be okay. I had a personal encounter with God, and it changed my life forever. So when I say how important these gifts are, I'm talking about soul-saving, spirit-saving miracles that happen simply because you're being obedient and operating in spiritual gifts. That miracle saved an entire generation and changed the trajectory of my entire family and their kids and my grandson. So let me move on. Let's talk about the last one, faith. Faith is something we all need, amen? Come on, are you with me, amen? Yes. All right. We need it to operate in all these other gifts. We really do. We need faith. And now faith is simply this. The definition is this. Faith is our ability to believe God. Our ability to believe God. Now we all have normal faith. Our normal level of faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Meaning all of you people, and me too, we all have enough faith to do everything that God wants us to do. We have the measure of faith. Some of us, it's not going to take a lot of faith to do some things. Some others, it's going to take a great amount of faith to do something. But God gives us that measure of faith. But the gift of faith is different than your measure of faith. The gift of faith is an additional infusion of faith that the Holy Spirit brings into your heart at a given moment for a time for a specific task. Suddenly, a supernatural infusion of faith. I can do this. I can plead God for this. This can happen. This will happen. But then you have to act on it. You speak it. So the infusion is now in your heart for that moment. Typically, when you and I step out to do something that's way out there, like try to raise the dead, or calm the storm on the sea, or praying for the lame to get out of a wheelchair and walk, like Peter walking by a temple and he sees this lame man. He's been born lame. He's been lame for 40 years. He's never walked in his life. We have to step out if we're going to help somebody. Peter, it says in the Bible in John chapter, uh, I can't remember exactly where, but Peter passed by him and said, day by day, pass by him, pass by him, pass by him. Probably almost his whole life. Surely doing three and a half years of Jesus' ministry, they walked by him, Jesus walked by him, disciples walked by him. 
But for some reason, in one afternoon, the book of Acts says in chapter 3, verse 17, Peter says, In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise and walk. Now, why did he do it that day to that person? Why? Why? When every day he saw him. It says in Acts chapter 3, verse 17, he says, Faith given to me by God has made you whole. What caused Peter to do this? Why didn't he do it the day before? Why did he do it? But something happened this afternoon. Faith given to me by God to make him whole. There's a supernatural infusion that happened. Just happened at the right time, at the right place. Peter saw what God saw, stepped out in faith, and God healed him. He just had to do something. The Bible says he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. That would be scary. Imagine going up to someone who's been lame for 40 years and you grab him by the hand and go, come on, you're going to get up. That's scary. Scary faith. I love scary faith. But Peter did it. Faith given to Peter at that moment to do and do what God wanted him to do. And sometimes, once again, it's not just sometimes for the other person. Sometimes it's a stepping stone in your walk with Christ to build your faith. There's, a, there's only a few ways to build your faith. You know, you can read the Word. You can hear the Word is a big one. Bible talks about that's why it's important to be here to build your faith but also walking in the gift of faith as God expands your your uh, measure of faith he'll do it by sometimes showing you something in a moment with that spiritual gift of faith that you need to move on to the next level I've never seen someone raised from the dead and I would very nonchalantly in the past may have said, oh yeah, God raises people from the dead. I mean, he rose Jesus from the dead. Come on. But never would I be confronted with that like God did with me. A woman had just lost her husband and he was about to be cremated. And she called me that morning and she called the mortuary and said, could you please wait till my pastor comes down and prays that God raises him from the dead before you cremate him. She called me and said, Pastor Eric, will you go pray that God raises my husband from the dead? And I said, well, of course. And then I hung up the phone and went, oh my gosh. I've never done this before. It was freaking me out a little bit. I'll be honest, it was freaking me out. So I had Debbie drive me. Because <laughs> I, I didn't know. I just had never done it. So we had to go to this little shack that was outside. And there was her husband in a cardboard box, and he opened up the car, and the, the furnace is getting all heated up right there. I know this is graphic, but hey, this is what happens. And uh, he opened up the box, and he pulled the, the sheet away a little bit, and there he was, and the guy left me alone to, to pray for him to be risen from the dead. So, all right. I mean, this is what God does, right? God does this, right? And I put my hands on him, and I began to pray, and I began to shake, and I began to get scared to death, because in my mind, I was picturing him, if, if, if he raises up all of a sudden, I'm going down. 
I mean, and I was picturing him in his sheet, you know, walking out. And I was shaking so bad. And I was so scared. And, and I wish I could tell you he did, but he didn't. And then, and then uh, I, I walked away and I, so I looked at the corner of my eye as he closed the door. He was sliding the box into the furnace. And I turned to Deb and I got back in the car. I said, oh my God, I really believe that God can raise someone from the dead. And the reason I know that now with everything in my being that I didn't know before, I would have not been scared. I wouldn't have cared. If I didn't believe that God would have raised him from the dead, it would have just been, dear Lord Jesus, please raise him from the dead. Okay. Thank you, God. Amen. Go ahead. <laughs> and I would have walked away. That's not at all how it went. Because I believed. And it brought me such confirmation in my heart. It so increased my faith. I felt so good, not about myself, I felt so good about God, that he's real and that he does those things. If someone ever wants me to do that again, absolutely, because I believe. I believe that God can do it. I believe he's my healer. I believe it. It's that supernatural infusion of faith that comes into your heart that God gives for a specific situation, for a specific moment in time, for a specific task. We have to step out. We have to speak out. We have to act. And we have to move and see what God's result will be. You know, it says that, that there was a time when, when Peter, when, when he did walk, and that guy got up and got lame, it said that 4,000 believed in Jesus that day because of that miracle. So, I want to give you something. I want you to have an expectation in your heart, just like I had when, when I was laying hands on that man. I want you to have an expectation in your heart through this whole week that things can flow through your life, gifts of healings, workings of miracles, and faith. And then I pray you will put God on display. So we're going to dismiss here in a moment, but I want to do something. I don't want us to just go, okay, Pastor, uh, you, you gave us the assignment. Good job. No, I want us to do something right here. There's no reason why we can't take time to pray and to release healing miracles in this building today. And it might be for someone online as well. We don't want to leave them out. Because God infuses someone in our hearts today. He infuses our faith. And we need to speak out certain things and do these things. We are the church. Amen? It's the business we're in. The miracle working business of Jesus. So I want you to do something with me. If you got, look at, we'll just take a moment and do this. If everybody could stand to your feet, please. Everybody. I want you guys to step out. Say, God, do this through me. We're just channels. There's nothing great about us. Peter said, not by my own power, not by our own holiness, but in the name of Jesus. Meaning it doesn't matter if you walked with God for five minutes or walked with God for 50 years or whether you, you sin, the last time you sinned was in 1938 or if you've sinned uh, right before you came to church or even during church. It doesn't matter. 
You take God at his word. It's not about you. It's about the name of Jesus. His power. His manifestation. It's the Holy Spirit power flowing through us in the gift of healing. So what we're going to do is first we're going to start off with some prayer. Some here today are in agony. Some online, you're in agony. You may have had an injury. Maybe you've had some sort of accident and it caused a problem in your body. This morning, wherever you're at, you're in agony. There's just something going on there. I want you to lift your hand up right where you're at. Just lift your hand up. No big deal. I'm not going to ask you to testify. Amen, amen. Come on, raise them up high and everybody look around. You're not going to try to point them out, but we need to know where to pray. Okay. Now, ask the people around you, one or two. Come on, get around those people. Get, come on, you can move in the church. It's okay. Get around those people, one or two of you. Get around them. And we're going to see if God does something right now. We're going to pray for an instantaneous healing to take place. If anyone's in pain, just raise your hand. Come on, we want to do this. Right where you're at. And then we're going to check and see if anything happened. Often healings happen immediately. Sometimes they're progressive. Either way, it's okay. As long as the person gets well. If it happens immediately, though, we want to celebrate. Don't worry about the cause of the pain. Don't worry about what the, happened with the injury. You are going to speak into the problem in the name of Jesus Christ. There's no pressure. Just people around. If you could turn the music up just a little bit. So we're going to take a moment. As I'm praying, one or two of you around those people begin to pray as also. Just begin to pray right now where you're at. Begin to pray into that problem. Pray into that pain. Pray into that agony. Say, God, we believe. We believe in the gift of faith. We believe in the gift of miracles. We believe in the gift of healings. And Father, we proclaim in the name of Jesus Christ that not on our might, not by our power, not by our purity, not by anything we've ever done, but use us as a channel today. Use us and gift us in the name of Jesus that whoever's hands are being laid on, that you would heal them right now. Right now, instantaneously, God. You would begin to heal whatever agony, whatever pain they're in. If you're online, right where you're at, just place your hand on wherever you're in agony, wherever you're in pain, and just proclaim in Jesus' name, I believe that you're my healer, God, and I believe you can heal. Come on, people. I need you to pray for them right now. You need to pray for them. God might be using you today. God might choose you to gift you. But you've got to be available. You've got to take a risk. You've got to step out in faith and believe. And for those of you being prayed for, you've got to receive that healing. You say, God, I receive it. I know my mind blocks it sometimes. I know sometimes I'm afraid to even receive it. But God, I believe you are my healer and I receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Don't worry. Now I just want to see, is there anyone, is there anyone who felt any healing? Is there any, no pressure to testify, I just want to know. We want to celebrate. Anybody who felt any kind of healing, any kind of relief, just lift your hand up. Let me see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
You felt something. God did something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Did God do something? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You keep praying. Father God, we believe. We believe. We believe. We believe. Hallelujah. Now, let's just do one more thing and then I'll let you go. One more thing. Some of you need a healing in a situation. Some of you need a healing in your finances. You need a healing in your mind. You need a healing in your relationships. You need a healing in some way. You need a miracle. Something's happened and you need God to turn it around and you don't see any other way. But the Bible tells us in Isaiah that he makes streams of water in the desert. That God makes a way where there seems to be no way. So wherever you're at, wherever you're at, I just want you to lift up your hand and say, I need a miracle, Pastor. I need a miracle. Now, I want one or two people around those people. See the hands raised up? Come on, get around them. You see the hands raised up? Go to them. Some of you are going to have to open up your eyes and look around and get There's some people here that need it. Someone in the back, right there in the back, right behind you, Debbie. Someone needs it. Right there. They need a miracle. Someone over here. Okay, we got people there. And just in one sentence, you don't have to tell them the whole back story. You don't got to tell them the story of your life. Just tell them in one sentence, I need a miracle in blank, blank, blank. I need a miracle in this. Tell them right now. I need a miracle in this way. You got to proclaim it though. You got to say your need. I need a miracle. I need God to turn a certain situation around. You need to tell him. And then those around you, I want you to begin to pray for God to move in a miracle in this situation. Begin to seek God. Speak words of faith. Release God's miracle. Release God's healing into that situation. And then those who are receiving it, you've got to expect God to do something. God, we pray for those who need a miracle today, online and here today. Those that need a miracle, God. It's who you are. It's what you do. And you invite us to partner with your Holy Spirit in the miracle business. It's amazing that you would use us, God. But we make ourselves available to you right now. And we say, God, do a miracle. It may not be instantaneous. It might be. It may not be for tomorrow or the next day, but God, we are believing in the miracle to turn that situation around. Hallelujah. 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 This is what Paul talked about what church is. So go ahead and, and if you're finished, let's go ahead and we'll just... Uh, Let's all raise our hands to God and say, God, repeat after me. God, I make myself available. If you can use anything, you can use me. So let me pray for you. Father, I just pray that, that we continue this all throughout the week, that we take this with us. And we ask you, God, to point out those people that maybe we've walked by over and over and over again that, God, you would stop us when it's time, that we would see him with your eyes. Father, I pray that you would spark up our spirit and, and you would just, just point out someone we need to call or go see or talk to, and that we would believe with faith that we've never had before, God, that you are a miracle-working God. Father, we pray that this Friday that we don't just see a bunch of people here to see a movie. We see people in a need of a Savior, 
a need for miracles, a need for healings, a need for faith. We pray that that ground behind me here is holy ground, sanctified and set apart for your purpose, Father. They're not here. They think they're here for a meeting, but we know they're here for an appointment to meet with a personal God. And you brought us together here at Mount Zion Church to do that. What a privilege. How can we not be available to come on Friday night when you've, when you've given us this opportunity? So God, we pray for these miracles to happen, the healings to take place, our faith to be encouraged and enriched and expanded. And we ask you to use us. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen, Amen. amen. You 5:30 if you can get here on Friday. We need you. Have a great week next week. Sandwich Sunday. Have some finger sandwiches. It's gonna be a great week in Jesus' name. God bless you. <laughs>